Of course, now all the people that I can effectively communicate with are gone. So y'all just have to make the most of it. Uh, (laughs) Amen. You better be careful. He's a lot bigger than you. Uh, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning. And uh, we're going to talk about these ten virgins here. And in particular, I want to talk to you about the awakening of these ten virgins. And of course, this Bible is a, this uh, passage is a kingdom of heaven passage. It's not a kingdom of God passage. Kingdom, kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, when the Bible makes reference to that, that's a literal, visible kingdom. Jesus Christ, when he stood before Pilate, he said, my kingdom is not of this earth. He said, if it was, then would my servants fight. Did you know that one of these days his servants will fight? Uh, one of these days his servants will fight. One of these days the Lord is going to bring the battle down here. Uh, but that time is not now. Now we live in a time when uh, the Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. And the Bible says we're to go out and we're to break the bread of life and we're to just pass it out. Amen. So that everybody can have some. But, the, but this, is a, this is a passage concerning the kingdom of heaven. But I still believe that we can look in here and see some things that are relevant to the church. The Bible says all Scripture given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And so whether he's dealing with Noah or whether he's dealing with me or whether he's dealing with David, I believe we can find some things that we can apply and use in our life right now today. And let me tell you this, if there's any time that there ever has been a need for an awakening of God's people and lost people as well, let me make that clear. Lost people, they get awakened by getting saved. And, but I'm telling you, if there's ever been a time that we need lost people and saved people uh, to wake up out of sleep, of course, uh, lost people now again, lost people be waking up from the dead. Uh, but the church needs to wake up from the sleep and the lost folks need to wake up from death, uh, wake up from the dead and, and uh, to live. And if there's ever been a time like that, it's right now. Amen. And I believe, I believe that we ought to approach this situation with some urgency. If you're here this morning and you don't have, listen, if you're saved and you're not walking a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ, today's the day. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today is the day. I was reading the verse yesterday. It said, today, today, today is the day. Today's the day of salvation. The Bible says, today, if you'll hear His voice, harden not your heart. And so I want to read this passage of Scripture to you and then we'll go over just a few things uh, that the Lord showed me in this passage for you. It says, then shall the kingdom of heaven, verse number 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, Open to us. 
But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for your goodness, or today for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. God, I pray with all my heart you'd help me to preach uh, this little message this morning. Help me to make a few things clear, God. Uh, help me, Lord, uh, to uh, to just open my mouth and, and Lord, uh, to, to speak about the things you want spoken about. And I pray with all my heart you'd add the strength of the Holy Spirit to it. Yes. I pray with all my heart you'd add, add the strength of the Word of God to it. Lord, I pray with all my heart you'd add the power of the gospel to it. And Lord, that you'd make something out of it. And Lord, uh, like the old, uh, like old uh, Brother Green used to say, touch these lips of clay, Lord. Help me to preach the gospel. And Lord, I pray if there be one heart here, one person here, one soul here that's lost and undone, pray you'd save them. If there's ten here, I pray you'd save all ten. Lord, if there's a Christian here that's backslid, if there's fifteen Christians here that's backslidden out of fellowship with you, and maybe just pretending, in church or something like that. God, I pray that you'd help us to stop pretending and get a real relationship with you because the time is short. Lord, I believe with all my heart, time is short, God, and it won't be long before you come to get us. And Lord, I pray with all my heart you'd help me now. Help these that are here to hear. And God, we'll thank you for what you do and for what you have done. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Now back up in verse number number 1. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the, to meet the, 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 the bridegroom. <laughs> Got a little tongue tied there. Uh, let me say this first of all, verse number one and verse number six it sounds about the same to me. Verse number six says, At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. One thing that ought to be very clear to every one of us here this morning is we're heading to meet the bridegroom. One day, very shortly, I believe that we're going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher stood up in a pulpit somewhere. This place, down the road, down the street, across the county, across the, the United States, and across the world... Preachers have stood up in pulpits all over the place and stood up on street corners all over the place, stood up in public places all over the place, in private houses all over the place and preached the gospel and said He's coming and said He's coming and said He's coming. And Paul himself said the time is short. Time is short. And listen, but one of these days very soon you're going to see the recognition of that. One of these days, listen. I mean, some of us may go the way of the grave. I'm no. I mean, in that regard, I'm no. I can't tell you the day or the hour. I can't tell you any of that stuff. But I believe there's plenty of people sitting right here in these pews this morning that's going to be wide awake when the Lord calls our when the Lord calls our name. Uh, we will soon be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart. Hey, listen. Part of me looking forward to it. Part of me saying, Hey, man. The sooner the better right now today. But there's another part of me. Listen, that unsubjected part. That willful part. That prideful part. Now, we was talking about that in Sunday school a little bit about people that want to live this life. And I believe in every one of us there's a little bit of willful pride that wants to do our own thing rather than see His face. But listen, I want to see His face. I want to see His face. More than I want to have my own desires, I want to see His face. I want to be in His presence. I know without a doubt when I do finally get... Uh, every time one of them old prophets... One of them old prophets that just get in the presence of an angel... You say, it's kind of silly, Brother Mike, all falling, you know, getting down on the floor. Listen, the first time you see him, 
You're going to fall on your face like a dead man. Like a dead man. And if he don't put the strength in you to lift you up, you'll just lay there. And I believe he, I believe he might just let you lay there. You're doing fine. Doing fine. You're doing fine. Listen, some of those angels, they said, get up, get up, get up. But he never did. That lady came in with the alabaster box and broke. I said, lady. God makes women into ladies. God makes women into ladies. She come in, she broke that alabaster box and poured that ointment on his feet and said, you're doing just fine. When old, that old doubting Thomas got on his knee and said, my Lord, my God, he goes, that's me. Just stay right there. You're doing fine. He never told him to get up, did he? No, he accepts worship and he deserves worship. And we ought to worship him. Listen, one of these days, like verse 1 said, like verse 6 said, we're going to see the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Listen, you better get your mind right before he gets here. You better get your mind right about this thing before he gets here. This ain't no social club. This ain't, if you want a club, go join the Elks Lodge or something. Don't join the Masons. Join the Elks Lodge or something like that. Join another hunting club or something like that. You, you probably ain't spent enough money yet. Join another hunt club or something. Don't join the Masons. You know, they talk about 33rd this or a first degree reprobate and a 33rd degree reprobate is the same thing. <laughs> don't make no difference. So, Brother Mike, if you talk about the Masons, they'll be mad. God's mad at them. I don't see what makes, it, what makes no difference about that. Uh, but I'm telling you this, this ain't a social club. This is not else. I was just kidding. Don't join another hunt club or another, another group. Don't, don't do none of that. Uh, live for the Lord. Of course, if you can witness to all them boys, join all, the, join all the ones you want to. I don't know. I don't follow you around out there. I hope you're witnessing to them. If you can be a witness to them, join up. Join up. But listen, they'll probably kick you out. Hey, shut up about Jesus. I'm in my tree stand. <laughs> I uh, hope none of y'all's done that in the tree stand yourself. The Holy Spirit come along and said, "What about this? What, what about the, what about this? Ah, don't bother me now, Lord. I'm about to shoot this deer. <laughs> I'm going to give thanks for this. I, I better go and get get to something else. I'm not trying to preach. I'm not trying to preach about. It. I'm just kidding. Just trying to lighten you up because we fix and do some serious preaching here. And uh, but anyway, we're going to meet the the bridegroom." We're going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And it ought to be an exciting time to us. But look, this place right here, listen, this church building, this is a place that is set aside. We've set it aside. We, we in effect, have sanctified it ourselves as a place that we come together and meet with God and pray to God. This is not just a place where we can come together and associate with one another. Although it is good to have fellowship, ain't it? It is good to shake hands. Listen, I often say this, and and I mean it every time I say it. I love the fact, I mean, Sunday morning, you know, we dismiss and people leave and go home. But Sunday night and Wednesday night, we come in this place and and I'll preach about an hour and a half or something. And I'll think, man, I've kept them way too long. I've kept them way too long. I've kept them way too long. And when we let folks go, I say... You're dismissed now, and I think, well, here they'll go. An hour later, there'll still be folks standing around outside and standing around on the inside, and, uh, boys and girls up here singing. And I just sit back there sometime and go, Amen. You think I was Joel Osteen? I was smiling so wild. Uh, but you say, what, what do you think, Brother Mike? I like it. I like to see Christians fellowshipping with one another. Right. But listen, as much as we love to fellowship with one another, and as much as I'd like to talk to you about this thing in the Bible or that thing in the Bible, or maybe even sometimes slip in a little hunting story. I mean, as much as I'd like to do that, I know without a doubt this place is a place for us to get our minds right about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's soon coming. Amen. 
He'll soon be here. He'll soon be here. He'll soon be here. And then I want to point out this another thing here. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Ten virgins. And then he says in verse 2, Five were wise and five were foolish. That's about the way it goes, ain't it? You turn around and you talk to one person. Oh, this is the smartest fellow I ever talked to. And you'll turn right around and run face first, bump your nose into the biggest fool you ever seen. I mean, just about the time you think, wow. You know, I, and it doesn't matter if you go out west, if you go up north, if you go down south. I mean, uh, if you're like me, I like to pick on northern folks and I like to uplift southern folks because I'm a southern man. Amen. I'm a southern, I like the South. I like the Civil Civil War. I like stuff like that. I like Robert E. Lee a whole lot better than I like Abraham Lincoln. I mean, I just like stuff like that. I like stuff like that. But listen, whether you go up north or whether you go down south, whether you go out west, whether you go across seas, I mean, except France might be a different story. But if you go to different places, I mean, you're going to find some that are wise and you're going to find some that are unwise. And that goes the same way for our spiritual condition. You're going to find some that are lost and you're going to find some that are saved. So out of this passage of Scripture here, I want to talk to you. I want to use the wise for the saved. Can I do that? I want to use the unwise for the lost. I know I can do that. If you are lost, you are unwise. You are unwise. If you have not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are unwise. And that's just a nice way of saying, you fool. Right? That's what the Bible calls them here. The wise he calls saved, or the wise I call saved, and the foolish I call unsaved. Now listen, we don't have to guess about who the bridegroom is, do we? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, also, he shuts a door here. I also believe that door is Jesus Christ. You say, that's a double application. I don't care what it is. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I'm the door. He said, by me you can come in. You go up some other way, you a thief. You say, you talk about that an awful lot. I believe that. People talk about what they believe in. Let me say that one more time. People talk about what they believe in. Yeah, I've had people get put at, all you ever talk about is that Bible. All you ever talk about is just that. Well, why don't you hush up a little bit? I can't hush up. I believe what I'm saying. If I believed about Walmart, I'd talk about Walmart. Amen? If I believed about all this other stuff, I'd talk about all this other stuff. And I do, you do hear me say a little bit. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying you gotta say every word that ever comes out of your mouth gotta be about the Bible, uh, but your balance is tipping one way or the other, ain't it? I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. But look what it says about these virgins. It said there was ten of them. It says there was five wise and there was five unwise. Let me point this out right at the beginning. When the Bible uses, when the Bible uses the term virgin, listen, it's talking about something personal. It's talking about personal righteousness. It's talking about personal uh, works. It's talking about things that deal with the personal life. And let me show you something here. It's, though it's talking about personal works, personal purity, when it's talking about virgins, it's talking about personal purity. I want you to understand one thing. Personal purity in your life is desirable. Personal purity in your life is okay. There's no law against doing right. There's no law against doing good. I understand that all of our righteousnesses are filthy rags. I understand all that stuff in the sight of Jesus Christ. In the sight of God the Father, there's only one righteousness that counts. And that's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that. But listen, there's nothing wrong with with doing good. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be right and wanting to do right. Nothing wrong with that. It's desirable. But listen, 
personal righteousness won't get you through the door. It won't get you through the door. All ten. There's five foolish. There's five righteous. Or there's five wise. There's five foolish. There's five wise. All of them were virgins. Only five made it through. Ten of them had personal holiness. Ten of them had personal righteousness. Ten of them had personal purity. Ten of them had some things about them that were good. Only five made it. Only five made it. Your goodness. Listen. All of our righteousness is a filthy rags. Your goodness, your purity, your cleanness, your convictions will not get you through the door. Will not get you through the door. All ten of them. Listen. All ten of them had to give an account. All ten of them wanted to get through the door. But only five of them made it through. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. How could you dare to boast to say, I've done this. When Christ said, I've done this. And how could you lift up your hands and say, My hands have performed these works? When Jesus could put out His hands and say, My hands received these nails. Amen. 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 Now listen, I want to point out some other things here. Uh, if I'm going to use this passage as a, as a church age passage to give us some instruction, I still got to say this. Look in verse number three. It says they they were foolish. It says they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil. It says but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And it says when the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They all slumbered and slept. Listen, I'm going to use it, but I'm going to use it in its own context. And the context is the, in the verse is this. The time is short. The Lord Jesus Christ is soon coming. That's in the context. His coming is soon. But listen, while He he tarried, the Bible says, while He tarried, while He took so long, while He took so long, while He tarried, you know, I thought the Lord would be back by now. Last year at the beginning of the year, I said, I believe this is the year. I didn't give you a date and a time. I didn't say the Lord's coming back on October the 26th. That would have been a good birthday present. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But I thought it was going to be last year. I certainly did. I believe it might be this year. If it ain't this year, guess what? It might be next year. It's soon though. It's soon. The context, listen. In the context, the coming of the bridegroom was very soon. But do you know what? It's not only that the time is short, but it's that the wise... And the foolish were both sleeping. The wise and the foolish were both sleeping. You know, we live in a church age that's characterized by being asleep. And you know what? I don't think it's just this church age. When Paul wrote his, uh, when Paul wrote his epistles, he said, It's high time that you, Christians, awake out of sleep. It's high time. He said the night is far spent. The day's on us. Pretty soon the sun's going to come up. Pretty soon the sun's going to come up. Pretty soon the light of this world's going to turn on. It's going to show itself on this earth again. Listen, the time is short. And listen, lost people and saved people are both asleep. Christians walking around worried more about politics than they are Christianity. Lost people walking around worried more about their physical needs and their physical uh, wants and their physical desires than they are their spiritual desires. Did you know if you went back just a hundred years, just a hundred years in this country, lost people knew their Bibles. Lost people was memorizing Scripture. If you held up the Word of God, lost people would say, that's the Word of God right there. 
Now if you hold it up, people will laugh at you. They might even take a shot at you or take a punch at you. They'll call you judge. Oh, you do. Hundred years ago, lost folks cared a lot more about the scripture, I think, than saved people do now. Listen, if you were in 1850, if you would have tried to pass a law to ban this Bible in public schools, they'd have probably hung you in the in the square. Now Christians say, "Well, that's just their personal beliefs. I don't think we ought to offend them." I say, "Offend them." I say, "Get on their nerves." I say, "Get on their nerves." I say, "Make some noise about what's right and what's wrong." I don't care what names they call me. You can call me reprobate. You ain't gonna call me lost. You can call me bigot. You're not gonna call me downcast. You're not gonna call me uh, full of anxiety. You're not going to call me a lunatic from losing my mind over the cares of this world. Call me what you want to. Call me what you want to. It says, there were, there, uh, They that were foolish took their lamps, but took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, while the bridegroom tarried. Don't it seem like he's taking a long time? I mean, for those of you that really want to see him, don't it seem like he's taking a long time? I mean, I never dreamed that we'd live to see the times that we've seen. I never, I never thought. Of course, it's probably uh, just the way you know we've been raised and just we, we know the Bible and we see the things in the Bible. A lot of us have been around the Bible all the days of our life. But, you know, it just don't seem like the Lord would allow some of the things. I mean, you go to other countries and see what's going on. Boy, let me tell you this this morning. If you're wise, you'll thank God you was born where you was. I was thinking the other day, man, I could have been born in Venezuela. You say, is there something wrong with Venezuela? Yes, sir, if you're born in America, there is. I could have been born in Colombia. You say, something wrong with Colombia? I guess not if you was born there, but if you're born in the United States, I tell you what, I don't see a long line down at the U.S. Embassy to immigrate down there, do you? No, sir. No, sir. But still in America today, with all of our churches, with all of our Christians, and with all the Bibles... uh, Folks is asleep. Lost folks is asleep. Saved folks uh, is asleep. And I think it's about high time to wake up, don't you? So they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. I'm going to get on with this, I promise. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. The wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then I'm going to say this. All ten of them had lamps. There ain't no excuse, folks. Everybody in this world got opportunity to receive what goes in the lamp. Now you and I both know that oil represents the Holy Spirit of God and every single one of us got vessels we could receive that oil in. Now you can go around and talk about this one can't be saved and that one can't be saved and this one was made to be lost and that one was... But I don't believe that. All ten of them had the opportunity. All ten of them. And listen, I'd hate for one person to leave out of this building this morning saying, I don't have the opportunity to know the truth because you've got the Word of God here in your lap. Most of you've got it in your lap. If there's not one in your lap, there's probably one in the pew there that you could pick up. There's a preacher preaching the Gospel. They saved people sitting on the pew praying that you'll get some understanding and listen, there's no excuse for leaving a Bible-believing church 
without having your vessel full, without having your lamp full. There's just no excuse. All ten of them had an opportunity to receive the oil. There's no excuse. God's given you a mind. God's given you a body. God's given you the Word of God. God's given you a witness. Listen, if you never heard a preacher, if you never heard a preacher before today, you've heard around town about Jesus Christ. You've heard from a witness before about Jesus Christ. God's given you a body and God's given you a mind and God's given you plenty of opportunities to know the Creator, to know Jesus Christ. God's given you the opportunity. God's given you that opportunity. All ten, whether they was wise or whether they was foolish, all of them had the opportunity. Now let me get to this. Let me get to this. It says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Let me ask you this one question. Are you asleep this morning? Are you sleeping this morning? I'm not talking about your physical condition. I'm not talking about is your head nodding. Like this. Sometimes I feel like doing that myself. If I wasn't preaching, I'd probably be sitting out there going. You say, why? Because I'm tired. (laughs) And you're tired. But listen, I'm not talking about your physical condition. I'm talking about your spiritual condition. When something goes on in your life that's wrong, do you understand it? Do you see it? Do you recognize it? When somebody stands up and tells you the truth, do you see it? Do you recognize it? Do you hear? When the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and tells you, I want you to do this or I want you to do that or I want you not to do this or I want you to go here or I want you to say that. When the Holy Spirit speaks that to your heart, do you hear it? If not, there's a pretty good possibility. If you can sit in this building and raise your hand, which I wouldn't ask you to do that, but if you could sit here this morning and raise your hand and say, Brother Mike, the Lord didn't ask me to do anything this week. You're asleep. You're asleep. Time to wake up. Time to wake up. Brother Mike, the Lord didn't tell me to do it. Did the Lord tell me to do anything this week? He certainly did. He certainly did. He certainly did, and He will you too. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're the preacher or the person that sits in the pew. It doesn't matter if you're the deacon or the one that never handles any of the business of the church. It doesn't matter about that. It doesn't matter about that. If you are saved, born again, got the Word of God in your lap, the Holy Spirit in your heart, God's going to speak to you. And if you're awake, you'll hear His voice. And if you love Him, you'll follow His instruction. You'll follow His instruction. Now listen to what it says. It says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Listen, I'm praying about that cry. It says midnight, there was a cry made. I've been praying about that cry. Listen, I've been right in here on my knees. And I've been over there at the house on my knees. And I've been back there in my office on my knees saying, God will help folks to hear the cry. Help folks to hear the cry. I'm trying to preach about that cry. Every time I get in the pulpit, I want something to happen. I was praying, uh, talking to you Wednesday night about God giving a preacher utterance and letting something happen uh, in your hearts while the Word of God is being preached. Listen, when I get up to preach, I want something to go on, something to hit your heart, something to hit your ear, something to change your life, something to go in there that will just go and not bounce around and come out the other side, but something that will go in your ear and get down in your heart and make a change in your life. You say, what is that? That's the cry. Them old time preachers used to talk about calling out the call. Calling out the call. Calling out, well that's true. That's what we ought to be doing. Calling out the call. They walking around, they talk about them old watchmen in the city, they'd walking around, walking around the city for its security and, and they would sound an alarm if, if something was going on in the city. Listen, that's what preachers are. 
Get ready. He's coming. Amen. You say you look foolish and silly up there, Brother Mike. You won't think it's silly when he comes. Amen. You won't think it's foolish when he comes. And what's worse than that, you'll not be able to say, I didn't know. I'm praying you'll hear the call. I'm begging God about that cry. I'm, I'm begging God about that cry. I want you to hear the cry. Listen, I don't just want a bunch of people to come in here and sit in these pews. I don't want just a building to fill up. I don't want to have a big reputation. Old Brother Mike down there in Folkston got 7,500 in church. That's not what I'm after. I want the people that come into this building to hear the cry that the bridegroom is, still, is soon coming and that will get down in their hearts and it will wake them up and they will get ready before the Lord comes. Amen. Boy, I'd hate for you to hear that. I'd hate for you to hear that trumpet one day and go, "Oh, I got to get ready now," because that's exactly what you'll do. You'll run around in circles for twenty minutes, probably. It'd be something if the Lord. You know, I always heard that says the last trump. Maybe He'll give you five, and only you'll hear it. Maybe there'll be one you say, "What in the world's that?" And give you another one say, "My ears is ringing or something." What they call that ringing in the ears? They got medicine for every day. I actually saw on television the other day they got medication for ringing in the ears. My ears have been ringing since I was five years old. Don't need medicine for it. Ignore it. It'll go away. Just like some of the voices in your head. Amen. <laughs> Ignore them. They'll go away. But I've seen medication about ringing. One of these days you'll hear ringing in your ears. Ain't no medicine going to make it go away neither. And maybe he'll give you another, and maybe another. And pretty soon, by the time you figure out what it is, oh, I've got to get ready. You'll be standing looking at him in the face. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You'll just be there. Say, oh my goodness, what was wrong? He'll say, caught you in a dead sleep, didn't the boy? <laughs> caught you in a dead sleep, didn't I? I mean, the Lord walked away from his disciples and went just a little further in that garden to pray and come back just about an hour. And he said, what's the matter, boys? You couldn't watch one hour? And listen, I gotta take, oh, I gotta take sides with Peter on that. He leaves me alone about one hour, Brother Curtis. Lord finally come back to him and said, just rest. Just rest. Just go on and rest. Give him his own way, didn't he? You better hope the Lord never gives you your own way. He said, uh, he said, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept, and at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, and go ye out to meet him. It says, Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. Go ye. Listen, that kind of reminds me, you get down here in the story, uh, those uh, foolish went off to try to find oil. They come back and they found the door shut. And it says, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Let's turn over to Revelation chapter 3. Kind of reminds me of another situation here. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Look what it says. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, didn't say if you heard the knock, it said if you heard his voice. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If any man, listen, that says to me that the voice of God is like a knock on the door. Have you heard His voice? Have you heard His voice? It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Now listen, when you get back to Matthew chapter 25, the roles is reversed. In the one hand, in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus Christ was on the outside saying, Let me in. Let me in. And then you switch that thing around to Matthew chapter 25, and you on the outside. Let me in. Amen. You know why he didn't know them? They never let him in. They never fellowship with him. They never got to know him. They never understood who he was. Listen, if you ever get to heaven, it'll be because you let him in. It'll be because you let him become familiar with you. Because you opened your heart to him and said, Lord, I, I'm just undone. You know, you would think that we've been running our houses long enough to figure out we couldn't run it and we needed some help. You better let him in. You better let him in. You better let him in. Uh, he said, Behold, I stand at the door. He said, If any man hear my voice, I'll come in with him and sup with him and he and me and he with me. And uh, But listen. Listen. In the time of apostasy like we got now, he's still standing at the door. He's still standing at the door. In a time of blasphemy like we live in now, people blaspheming God on every hand, He's still standing at the door. Hey, let me in. Let me in. In a time of apathy now, Christians, in a time of apathy where Christians don't care no more about the Word of God than than lost folks do, He's still standing at the door. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. God's going to judge us, a lot of us, by the opportunities He gave us that we knew we had but didn't take. We knew we had the opportunity to open the door, to answer the door, to let Him in, but we didn't do it. In a time of carelessness like we have today, you know some of you couldn't give a rip if your lost loved ones went to hell. You just don't care. You just don't care. In a time of carelessness like we have today, a lot of people don't care about their own. So, oh, go to hell and take it over. You're a big fool is what you are. Big fool. Big fool. Yeah, He knocks. I'll come in and help you. I'll come in and help you. Look at that load you're bearing. I'll come in and help you. Look at all that foolishness you go through. I'll come in and help you. Look at all the trouble you cause yourself. I'll come in and help you. I'll come in and help you. I'll come in and help you. In a falling away, in a time where Christians are sleeping today, the Lord said, if you'll just wake up, I'll come and help you. If you'll just wake up. Listen, there's still time. There's still time to trim your lamp. He said uh, in here, it says, But the wife, it says, So at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your You know, that word trim, I looked that up and seen what it was. And I, I used to think when I read that, I thought, Well, maybe they was cutting their wicks or something like that. No, sir. That word trim just means supply with oil. That's what it means. They supplied their lamps with oil. And uh, listen, I wouldn't wait till the last minute to supply my lamp with oil. No, sir. I, you know, I prayed last night. I said, Lord, I pray you'd fill me with the Holy Spirit today. I mean, I said, Lord, if you'll fill me tonight and just let it last till in the morning, that'd be fine with me. And that's the way I try to pray. But anyway, it said not only does it mean to supply with oil, not only does it mean to supply with oil, but it also means this. It also means to dress up. To dress up. 
I see my little girls sometimes they'll come out of the room and they'll be wearing a princess dress or something like that. I say, what are you doing? I'm dressing up. We're playing dress up, she said. Well, you know, it wouldn't hurt some of you Christians even though you don't believe kind of like maybe I do or something like that. Wouldn't help you. wouldn't hurt you to dress up some sometimes. Wouldn't help you to at least play like you're a Christian sometimes. You might decide you like it. You might decide you like it. Did you know... Did you know that godly dress is more comfortable than ungodly dress? Amen. Listen, I was in McDonald's the other day. I'm ashamed to say that. Because... Anyway, McDonald's here in town is a different story. But uh, we'll get to that later maybe. But I seen this girl, and she had uh, not very much on. But you know what? She was standing here like this. And she kept going... <laughs> That's the most uncomfortable mess I ever seen. Hey, put some clothes on. I never seen nobody with long pants or a decent dress on going. Have you? You say, what's the problem? You ain't got enough clothes on, stupid. Put something on. You say, why? It's more comfortable. It's more comfortable. It said trim means to dress up or to put the body in order. You think that hurt us Christians to put our bodies in order? No, sir. It says to make right, to put in proper order. You think that hurt the church today? If we put things in proper order? If we got our eyes on the Lord? If we woke up first and got out of a sleep and got our hearts right with God and put our minds on Him, put our minds in order? You know, I love when the Lord looked at this church, He said, that's decent. That's in order. That's in order. That's decent. That's in order. And then verse 13, look what he says. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, thank God the Lord was telling this story beforehand. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. For these people in the story, for these ten wise and for the, ten, uh, for the five wise and for the five foolish, listen, the Lord was telling that story Right in their own day and right in their own time. But listen, thank God He was telling it beforehand. That's what a prophet is. He tells you what's going to happen beforehand. Very soon, very soon you're going to hear the cry. Very soon you're going to realize that you're right up against the coming of the... I don't believe some of you know it yet. I believe when the preacher says the Lord is soon coming, I believe some of you go... I believe that. I don't believe some of you believe it. If you did, you live different. Your life would change. Things would things would things would would be different in your mind. You would stop worrying so much about the cares of the world. And I understand you you have to take care of the things that God left you responsibilities for. You got to feed your family. You got to. The Bible says if you don't feed your family, you are worse than a reprobate. Right. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say that. The Bible said it. You don't take care of your families. You're a reprobate, buddy. You're not a Christian. You're not fooling nobody. You are a reprobate. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) But that's the truth. But listen, if you cared about God, you'd take care of the things you're responsible for. And I'll go so far as to say this. If you'll live for God, the things that have to be taken care of will be taken care of. That's no mystery to me. I said it the other night. I'll say it again. If you're right with God, you ain't going to have no problem with your wife. 
If you're right with God, you ain't going to have no problem with your husband. If you're right with God, you ain't going to be fighting with your neighbor about this, that, and everything. I'm not saying confrontations and persecutions won't arise, but you'll be right. If you're right, you'll be right. Amen? He said, watch. Watch. Listen, very soon He's going to come and shut the door. He's not coming just to hang out. He's coming to shut the door. He's not coming just to see how you're doing. He's coming to shut the door. Hey, Christian that don't read your Bible. Hey, Christian that don't take part in the church. Uh, I mean, take part in the church that God gave you. Uh, don't take part in the lives of the people around you. Save folks that God gave you. Hey, God is coming to shut the door. Listen, you could put it this way. God is coming to take away your opportunity to serve. God's coming to reward those that have served. But soon and very soon, He's going to come and take away your opportunity to serve. You say, when's the, day, when's the time to serve? Right now. When's the time to wake up? Right now. He's going to come and shut the door. He's going to shut you out from the blessings. He's going to shut you out from hope. He's going to shut you out from peace. He's going to shut you out from saved loved ones. He's going to shut you out from Himself. Boy, I want to be on the other side of that door, don't you? Amen. Don't you? Amen. Jennifer, you come. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank You this morning for Your goodness. I thank You for Your mercy. Lord, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take it upon myself for one second uh, to repro- reprove or rebuke or, or to judge or anything of the sort without Your inspiration, without Your guidance, without Your knowledge, without Your direction to preach such a message, God. But I pray with all my heart that You'd awaken Lord, these that are here, awaken us, God, to the fact that You'll soon be here. Help us to realize that pretty soon the time of service will be over and some of us will have missed the opportunity. God, help us. Lord, I pray. I know there's some in, Lord, I know there's some in the building this morning, God, that are about to lose their opportunity to be saved. God, I pray You'd not let any one of us here be foolish enough to miss that opportunity. Lord, if there's somebody lost here this morning, I pray they'd come and be saved, be born again. God, I pray with all my heart You'd send the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray with all my heart You'd convict hearts. Now we're here this morning with our heads bowed and with our eyes closed. If you're lost this morning, I beg of you. The door's going to be closed. I mean, soon the door's going to be closed for that. Soon there'll be no more opportunity for that. So what must I do, preacher? Get up. Walk down to the front. Take a knee. If you're a man, there will be a man with you in a heartbeat to show you how to be saved. If you're a woman, there will be a woman with you in a heartbeat to show you how to be saved. Would you do it this morning? Some of you never in your life. You've been to church. You've sung hymns. You've read the Bible. You've read Scripture. You probably know just as I am without one plea, every word of it. You probably know John 3.16 by heart, but there's never been a time you said, Lord Jesus... Come into my heart. Save my soul. Be the Lord of my life. Never been a time you've done that. Would you do it this morning? Christians, don't you think it's time to awake out of sleep? Walk as children of light? I think it's time. Would you come? Would you come this morning? Would you come this morning? God help us to see. God God help us to wake up. God help us. Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning for Your goodness, for Your mercy.
God, I pray with all my heart you'd speak to the hearts and minds of the folks, God. You and you alone are able to make the difference and make the change. Lord, you've used the Word, you've used uh, preachers, you've used the Holy Spirit. God, I pray with all my heart that a difference would be made, that Christians would wake up, that lost folks would wake up and see that the time is short and that the way is short, Jesus Christ alone. God, help us and convince us. God, help us and convince us that now is the time to start living right and doing right. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you'll do. Take us to our home safely. Bring us back at the appointed hour. And we'll thank you for what you do in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. You are dismissed. Service tonight is at 6 o'clock.